This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Jay West, Texas, Leeson, thanks for tuning in and telling your friends that you hang out on the other side of Texas here with you for the next hour. And I want to start by saying thank you, thank you to two different groups. One is all of our new listeners in College Station. Thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate your support. We see those analytics and you guys. Howdy down there. Uh, Hope you enjoy what's going over here uh, on the other side. And also want to thank you guys are awesome. Okay, listeners, this program are incredible i have gotten so for tips and leads on uh rager gate on this texas tech fiasco with bob duncan uh, people who've reached out and have sent emails jay at other side of texas you know that i'm just sitting here trying to get at the right thing i don't have an agenda in this i think it's pretty clear tech got railroaded i was talking with a former letterman today who doesn't live in Lubbock any longer and he was he was pumped up about well I shouldn't say pumped up he was really bothered at how bad tech looks right now I mean his his comment was we look so weak right now uh there with as I've seen it written today the feeble five the feeble five regents that we're going to get into what I'm going to begin to call, are you ready? Regent Gate. And Regent Gate is a way of saying in a hashtag, we have no damn idea why Tech ousted, the Regents ousted Bob Duncan, but uh, we're just going to sit here and have to listen to a scandal. Nobody Is anybody going to speak up on this? And we're going to get into the Regents' uh, a news release that they put out today uh, but first we got to treat both stories guys we got to get both ways and so without further ado it's time for that's right that's Rager Gate right there let's get in with the latest uh, the author of this story Sarah Self Warburg Love Gavilan's Journal will be on this show, I believe on Friday. Sarah will be coming on the show to give us a weekend update uh, of what's gone on throughout the course of the week. But I want to read some parts of the story. Ford Motor Credit brought new allegations against Rager Dykes in a court filing Tuesday, saying the dealers created their own financial mess. The document was filed... Uh, to object the hiring of a chief restructuring officer with the main argument being that the chief restructuring officer or CRO would report to the current management like owners 
Bart Rager and Rick Dykes. Again, Bart Rager and Rick Dykes. What do you I got? I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't want him reporting to Bart Rager. Um, I mean, there are some questions to ask there. Um, Where do you live? Yeah, those sorts of questions. But, uh, you know, maybe they should. Yeah, I mean, clear. I mean, what's the problem? What's the worst that could happen? Anyhow, uh, they said that the CRO would report to these guys who Ford has said have proven to be untrustworthy. Ford stated the cost of employing a CRO was also unclear. They want to use, and they want Rager Dykes to use a U.S. bankruptcy trustee. Um, to go down in the story a bit, and this is where Sarah gets it right here. The document also suggests that Rager Dykes has not followed rules and stated on August the 3rd. So back on Friday, August the 3rd, rules that allowed the bankrupt dealers to operate Rager Dykes was expected to return all demonstration vehicles, including vehicles in possession of Texas Tech coaches, before the end of August 4. Pay all taxes, licensing, and registration fees incurred during business with customers. Allow Ford agents to remain on dealerships premises and hold titles and keys to the vehicles. Ford states Rager Dykes has not returned all vehicles, have, have failed to register vehicles to customers, and have not paid off trade-in liens and failed to provide Ford with keys and titles to all vehicle inventory. So, it just tarries on and it goes on and why can't they stick to those to those basic agreements or what was laid out on August 3rd. Uh, if Ford is right, then it only adds to the story. There, it, Rager, okay. We gotta get Rager Gate sponsored. This is classic. This is good stuff. Uh, move forward into our other gate, Regent Gate, and what's going down at Texas Tech University. I'm going to have to get theme music on that one as well uh, for Regent Gate. A news release. Well, a couple of things. One, it's really something to me that, again, I, I mentioned people are doing some great work sending me stuff uh, so that we can get to the bottom of all of this. I had a uh, listener in Dallas uh, send me something, and it was, an, I, I didn't get invited, I guess, I guess Greg Abbott forgot, but Greg Abbott is going to be in town a week, he's going to be in Lubbock a week from today, so next Wednesday, Greg Abbott's going to be in town, and Greg Abbott's, uh, the folks involved with this, and I've not, I need to check in with them, I just came to mind right before the show, so I can try to try to get some comment on whether or not this was deliberate but there were invitations that were sent out please join us for a reception honoring governor greg abbott wednesday the 22nd of august at the fraser alumni pavilion there at uh 
on Red Raider Avenue and uh, it starts at 6 p.m. But what's interesting to me is that if you're going to have an event on the Texas Tech campus and you've sent these invitations out and maybe they arrived, I've, I've heard that they arrived to some folks at the end of last week, some received theirs on Monday, and as you'll recall, we broke right here at 6.21 p.m. on Monday that Bob Duncan was ousted that he had accepted uh, that he had resigned but what's come to light since he was essentially ousted at Texas Tech so you're going to have this event at the the was it the Frazier the Frazier Alumni Pavilion and there's a list of names I'm not going to read them because I don't want to imply anybody's got anything to do with this i don't think that's the case at all but i have to ask at the same time i see a former regent i see a current regent i see the chancellor emeritus on this list and i see another regent and i see another regent all on the lubbock host committee but the names bob and Terry Duncan are eerily missing here. And again, that was that arrived to most folks before the Regent Gate broke loose on Monday evening. I I don't listen, I want to stay away from tinfoil hats and some of you guys who sent me bad info um it's it's vetted, but I, on this, I don't know, it seems questionable as to why not, why not Bob Duncan on that list. Uh, it's a good find. Again, Jay at OtherSideOfTexas.com. So Texas Tech puts out a news release uh, today, uh, Texas Tech Border Regions, and it reads as follows. And, and we got word of this this afternoon. We thought, oh my goodness, there's a barn fire in Lubbock right now. And everybody's upset about Bob Duncan. And nobody's buying it. And some answers, like, I'm going to play some audio coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now. Ross Ramsey, Texas Tribune, by the way, checks in in just a moment. Been covering state politics for 40 years. And <laughs> he's going to take us through... <sighs> the impact of Texas. What I want to say is how rudderless Texas Tech is going into the next session, the next legislative session, which kicks off in January. Uh, Tech's in a whole lot of trouble here without Bob Duncan at the helm. Uh, you guys, listen, I hope the vet school happens, but there is only one captain I know of, not named Kent Hans. Um There's only one captain I know of who could guide this ship across the tumultuous seas that will come over the next nine months and that captain's name is bob duncan and guess what the the second most formidable captain is in the pirate ship looking to knock us over and that's john sharp uh, so this news released today uh we're expecting something about duncan but not so much. Texas Tech Board of Regents moves forward with the School of Veterinary Medicine. 
Regents approved establishing the new school and degree plan, as well as funding for preliminary designs for the school. Uh, The approval was given during the Board of Regents, and we said said here on the program there were two votes. One, we don't know what it was. Was it a no-confidence vote? We don't know. But there was another vote to continue on with the vet school in Amarillo, and uh, during its last legislative session in 2017, Texas Tech was approved $4.17 million for a feasibility study to establish the state's second school of veterinary medicine on the campus at the uh, Health Sciences Center in Amarillo. Now, it goes on to talk about this and, you know, different people, Skuvenek, Ted Mitchell, others speaking up on this, but nowhere in this is the name um, is the name Bob Duncan. And that's the question of the hour. So I think this is simply trying to quell a fire. And I said this morning, you'll hear it in the audio coming up. Tech, these regents need to present evidence or credible justification for the ousting of Bob Duncan over the next 48 hours, or they just need to get out. And I'll have more to say that about that as we go on. But I also want to take a moment here and say that I want to quote my friend uh, Brian Mudd, who we were we were talking about this this afternoon and talking about the statement. And Brian, I said, what do you make of the statement? And he said, quote, we've approved that we're moving forward with the approval we've already approved and just hoping to to calm some fires there uh, in Lubbock and around and I don't think it's going to be particularly helpful but what will be helpful is to get Ross Ramsey in on this conversation as we move forwards but until then we're going to get into a commercial break and get back in with the most talked about afternoon radio show in all of West Texas stick right here on the other side of Texas speaking of having a good plan it's always a good plan to have our friend Ross Ramsey with us every Wednesday he is he's been doing this been covering Texas politics for quite a while uh, 40 almost four decades not 40 decades but four uh, Ross Ramsey how are you doing buddy Old, but not that old. I thought you were going to ask me about a state plan. I thought you knew something about my health. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories about uh, my dad was cussing the other day because ARP was sending him a bunch of stuff. And he's like, how did I get this old? Um, let's start with some news. Let's go outside of Regent Gate and Lubbock and Rager Gate and all this other stuff. Let's talk about... The A through F ratings released today, you've written about that and said that maybe the state itself needs an A through F uh, grading system. But talk to people who may be seeing this. They've heard their principals talk about it. What is, uh, what is this, what's behind the grading system and what do you make of the situation and what's the irony? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing on its face is the political impulse was that the state and the schools ought to be graded the same way students are. That parents ought to have a way and taxpayers ought to have a way and everybody else ought to have a way to say this is a good school and it's doing fine and that's not a good school and it needs some work and that would be a way just as it is with you know your eighth grader or whatever to say you know here's what we need to work on and here's what we need to do. 
but it so it becomes a proxy where you can say this school gets an A, that school gets an F. But the educators immediately have jumped in and said, you know, the way you're grading these schools really doesn't tell you that. And in fact, it gives this, you know, there's a chance here that you're going to effectively slander some schools or give some schools that don't deserve a high rating a high rating. And, you know, this is basically, you know, whether you like the idea or not, it's too simplistic and it's going to set us all back. So that's kind of the argument that, you know, they're having about it and mm-hmm. that I think that they'll continue to have about it. The other thing going here is that, you know, it diffuses accountability. It looks like you're making the schools, you're putting the schools on the hook for how they perform, but you're also getting a grade for the schools that doesn't tell you necessarily who to yell at. And it may be that it's the superintendent's problem, and it may be that it's a problem with teachers if there's a problem, and it may be, and this is where the accountability stops uh, working, it may be that the problem is something that the state's been doing. You know, the state changes the rules every five minutes and gets a new idea. You know, legislators in particular get a new idea about how kids ought to be educated and measured and all of those kinds of things. And they're constantly moving the goalposts around, and they're not included in this grade. So that's kind of what they were starting with and, and where the ironies go. So maybe they, the state themselves, itself needs to be graded. Well, I was pointing out that the elected officials who came up with these ideas and who will either keep them or change them or get rid of them or whatever are in for report cards of their own if voters are paying attention, and that's on Election Day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, let me ask you a related question. Do you think that turnout, the teacher turnout for Mike Collier is going to be overblown? I saw the lieutenant governor today send out a letter on behalf of TRS and that, uh, you know, please don't raise the rates on retired teachers. You know, it's August, you know, leading into a legislative session, leading into an election. Uh, are you indifferent or do you think that maybe there is some momentum with, with the teacher crowd to turn out for Collier? You know, I think at this point all you see is the argument for why there might be and the argument for why there might not be but you don't really see people, I, you know, I don't expect in August to know whether a particular part of the electorate is going to turn out or not. You've got to see what they're talking about in the first or second week of October when it's coming time to vote. You know, we'll start early voting in the middle of October, and it's when they come to the point of action that you find out whether voters are excited about an election or not and whether they're motivated to go to the polls or not. Um, oftentimes you'll get a big wave go through the electorate in the spring or in the you know in the summer and then it won't actually do anything in november uh, sometimes these things sneak up on you sometimes you'll get to november after a, a big build up you know talk of a blue wave or whatever it is and nothing unusual will happen so i, I think it's a little early to know how that's going to go and whether the teachers or any other particular groups going to be organized enough to get going in a new way yeah Ross Ramsey, executive editor of, should I call you, maybe I should just say co-founder of the TexasTribune.org. You can just say Ross Ramsey and we'd be fine. No, I just think it sounds cooler, <laughs> like here's the co-founder of the Texas Tribune with us as we carry on. And so, Ross, I want to, so let's get into Lubbock. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, <laughs> if you see smoke. Kind of have. <laughs> you know, smoke up to the northwest, uh, it's us. It's the city of Lubbock and, and surrounding. Uh, 
as you know, Bob Duncan abruptly announcing his retirement um, on Monday night. And I saw somebody said he gave less notice than a clerk at Dillard's. Yeah, so I'm going to start kind of there, but I want to start with, from your perspective, what Texas Tech's road looks like ahead without somebody like Duncan at the helm. But what do you make of what you've heard thus far, Ross, in, in maybe in conversations, or can you bring us any news and give us a sense from without this region what what is what is being made of the retirement of Bob Duncan? Well, I, you know, I mean, first, it's a big surprise. Um, you know, nobody really knew there was a, a problem of the magnitude that would, you know, mean a change in chancellors or anything else like that. And so it's a big shock. I can tell you that um, Duncan is really highly respected in Austin and, and, you know, as he is in Lubbock. He's been up here as a player for a long, long time. When I met him, he was... Uh, general counsel for then senator john monfort Mm -hmm. um and you know i've known him you know through that job through his time in the texas house in the texas senate and on to the chancellorship and you know he's one of those people in state politics who's um, been really effective relatively quiet and completely uncontroversial i mean he's you know um he doesn't have any marks on him this is a guy you know very widely respected, uh, doesn't have any enemies that are, you know, publicly known. I'm, you know, um, I mean, he's just a stand-up guy. He's really highly regarded. So I, I think that helps, you know, add to the surprise of this. Wait a minute. They fired Bob Duncan. They ran Bob Duncan off. The perception down here is that he was run off and not that he, you know, just decided sometime, you know, in the last three days that he was going to resign from this job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the story that's emerging is that, the regents were that a majority of the regents, a skinny majority, it sounds like, um, were you know expressing a lack of confidence in their chancellor and um, prompted him to resign. And you know everybody now is saying, okay, exactly what is the problem here, and uh, why did this happen, and then how did this happen? And then the next question, which is sort of part of your question, is. What's Texas Tech going to do next? What's going to go on here? What does this tell whoever might be the next chancellor? What does this uh, pretend for the future of a veterinary school in the Panhandle or in the South Plains? What does it pretend for the dental school in El Paso? Um, what's going on here? Yeah, and so I just want to ask you, Ross, are you on board with our new hashtag, which is Regent Gate? We're calling it Regent. Uh, no, but I'm watching it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get just, that a lot. I, I, just, I just watch. Yeah. I get that a lot from people. I'm not going to say it, but uh, I'm going to watch you do it. Like, uh, right. it's, it's some good entertainment. So let's do, <laughs> so for people, there are a lot of people I've talked with today who say, well, damn the vet school. I'm not concerned about the vet school. I'm concerned about us not having a Bob Duncan who can produce things like a vet school. Uh, give us an idea as we sit here and we have this conversation in the middle of August. Give listeners an idea of what's going on in the background right now for major universities in Texas. What's what are they focusing on? And you know, January we're going to start into the next legislature, into the 86th legislature, and they're going to meet for 140 days. And but the game starts now. And why do you think it's 
what's the impact of not having a Bob Duncan at the table overseeing uh, being a captain of the ship at this point? You know, in, in terms of a state university as a government agency, you know, they're like every other big government agency. The, the process of writing the next budget is already underway. You know, the, the universities and the state agencies are in the very early stages of telling the House Appropriations Committee in Austin and the Senate Finance Committee in Austin what they think they're going what, what they're going to ask for in the next budget so that the legislators can throw together or pull together from the agencies, from the universities, what the initial budget is going to look like. And in January, when the law, when the legislature gets underway and we've chosen a speaker and named committees and all that kind of stuff, they'll start to write this budget. So if you wanted to do something, whatever it is, inside your university or your agency, the first way that manifests, or one of the first ways that manifests, is where does this go in your budget and how much does it cost? Mm-hmm. And you want to have your whole strategic planning team and your whole management team involved in that. It's possible to do it without a chancellor, but it, it sure is handy to have a chancellor in hand who used to be the general counsel to the Senate Finance Committee and was a member of the Senate Finance Committee himself <laughs> and knows how that process works better than most of the members of the legislature. So let's pull back the curtain for just a moment. And I've written about this, so I can state it without breaching... I mean, Drew Darby, out of San Angelo, and I've said before, I think it's coming up some audio we're going to play. Bob Duncan used to effectively have a cot in Drew Darby's office. And Drew Darby pulls a lot of weight in the Texas House. And he was responsible on the House end with the Legislative Budget Board to get the appropriation for the vet school the last time. And I just wonder, Ross, like, let's... Let's make Drew Darby nervous right now, you and I, and say, <laughs> what is Drew, like, so the Tech Regents just came out with a press release, I don't know if you've seen it or not, that said, we, we voted for, we're going for with the vets. Well, who is Drew Darby talking with now? As he tries to carry this load, who's the point person? And what do you think Drew Darby's thinking? Like, if they want to say they're going forward with the vet school, then I'm asking you, Ross Ramsey, what do you think? What do you think Drew Darby's thinking right now? Well, I think you know. I don't know what Drew Darby's thinking right now, but you know, one of the things you're going to have to do for the legislature is show them. You know, their first question about this is, does Tech want a vet school? And you know, from Austin, you know that the picture from Austin may be different from the picture from Lubbock. But there's a real good question there, and if you're a legislator and you're trying to save money, and to the extent that the vet school would cost you any money at all, you want to know, does the is the school behind this? How much are they going to go to the wall for it? And do I need to shed any blood making sure the vet school gets its money, or is that something I can throw by the wayside? Hmm. So if, if you're involved in that process, and you know, a vet school or a dental school or a continuing biology department or any of that stuff's on your agenda, you've got to have some way to communicate it to a legislature that because of the events of the last 72 hours or longer is now in a state of uncertainty about Texas Tech. I just wonder who Drew Darby is coordinating with at this point, you know, and and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Neither do you, but I'm just I'm trying to, to Drew Darby. I'm just going to. I'm highlighting for listeners that the regents can say what they want, but if you know, whenever you've got questions, who do you go to? And I think that's kind of the fix. Um, so to close out here on the Bob Duncan stuff, um, 
Ross, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but do you think, have you ever seen a chancellor go through something like this and come back to be the chancellor? No, the problem here is that you've announced a retirement, and, you know, the way that they announced it um, is that Bob Duncan, this is the way they announced it, that Bob Duncan decided it is time to resign and is moving on. And so you would have to walk that back in some way, and then you would have to explain it to everybody in a way that leaves you in a position to proceed with your job as chancellor. That's a really, really hard thing to do. Um, so, you know, that would be difficult. Um, the whole thing is, you know, the, the whole idea here is, does, is can you be an effective chancellor if you're in a position with your board where maybe five members of your board voted to oppose you on a major policy? Um, do you want to stay where somebody doesn't want you that bad? And, you know, there's a lot to work out there, and it's probably easier and it would be more conventional to say, well, you know, you need a reboot here, you need a new chancellor, and you need to get going. He is Ross Ramsey every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can read his analysis pieces there at texastribune.org. Speaking of, what do you have coming down the pike, Ross? You know, we're looking at the tech stuff, of course. Uh, we're looking at the, we're continuing to look at the mess with family separations on the border. Um, it's just a, a rolling problem that, that just won't seem to go away. Um, and we're coming up, as everybody is, but we, you know, we spent a lot of time a year ago covering a particular hurricane that hit Houston, Texas, and we're coming up on the anniversary of that and mm -hmm. about to, speaking of grading papers, about to start grading papers on how the recovery is going. All right. Ross Ramsey, boys and girls, getting some Ross Ramsey takes on the local fires that are burning here in Lubbock, Texas. Appreciate you taking time, Ross Ramsey. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, Going to close out. I, I will say this, that I have been in, I said last night on Twitter and Facebook that I want, I want this situation looked into by the legislature. I think that there's enough smoke right now to say Aggie uh, intervention or Aggie collusion, dare I say, it just appears that way. I'm not making the charge, but it appears that we've got a problem and that uh, we don't have a Texas Tech Board of Regents, that we may have a John Sharp Board of Regents at Texas Tech University. And I've I said that I'm going to call for a an investigation into this, and this is how I'm going to do it. Sarah Davis chairs the General Investigating and Ethics Committee in the Texas House. There are people like Joe Moody, uh, uh, Pancho Navarez, Capriglione, uh, Capriglione, excuse me, Capriglione Giovanni, For Price, You Shine, Chris Turner. Those are the state representatives who compose that committee. So this is what I'm thinking I'm going to do. I'm going to write them a letter in the form of a column in a news outlet, whatever news outlet that is. Uh, a respected newspaper and write them a letter requesting that they look into this information uh, that they look into this situation where it's clear that there's been some intervention involved at least it's clear to me and uh, and we'll see what they do with that but that's how we're going to get it done 
we're going to write a column here from the other side of Texas and ask for someone to look into this matter because that's how we roll. Raven on right here on the other side of Texas. Stick with us. Some good audio that I'll cue up for you here in a moment from an interview this morning right here, AM 580, where Buddy Holly became famous. This morning, I was on the Wade Wilkes program, and it was myself and Jim Stewart, who does the Noonday Show here, Mr. Agriculture, Jim Stewart, Wade Wilkes, and Colonel Dave Lewis, and was invited in, and I think this is going to be a fairly enlightening conversation for listeners. Um, The context is we're talking about the Texas Tech situation, we're talking about Regent Gate, and uh, this is some of the audio from this morning i hope that you enjoy it and me again myself wade wilkes on the morning program popular morning program in lubbock uh, jim stewart and uh, colonel dave lewis right here right before jay joined us and uh we had a call saying could you guys start from the beginning again we've already done an hour the timeline but that's okay we can start over from the timeline um and uh why don't you do that jay you've been watching this closely well i broke it at 6 20. okay on what was that this whole monday this this whole week has just been incredible yes monday began to hear monday morning mm-hmm. and then working it throughout the day and whenever legislators and other people aren't taking your calls you wonder what's hmm, going on there's smoke yeah. and then i got confirmation three different ways and we went with it and um so it's been crazy town since then so my, apparently at the regents meeting you know the regents met last friday it might have been a vote that went into the weekend i'm not sure when the vote was and i'm not sure what the vote was nobody is we know how they voted but we don't know what the wording was it a confidence vote or was it based on some evidence that nobody has apparently i mean what was the vote but five came down against duncan and that's what initiated the resignation well in my conversations with john steinmetz last night he, he's claiming that it was there was no, there vote. Was no vote but but clearly everybody is reporting there was happen, a, right? a five four uh, vote i've heard numerous times from Th- people who do you know. believe that do you believe there was no vote no i don't believe i don't believe that no for vote. a second because here's the background okay so lisa calvert was doing the fundraising like in the post hans era Lisa Calvert came in, and Duncan backed her all the way. Now, Lisa Calvert doesn't kiss rings or other things, okay? And Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, she wasn't giving the bow to the regents, and she was just doing her deal, okay? Now, say what you will about Lisa Calvert. That is the context. That begins a rough ride with the regents. Like, uh huh, you know, I mean, you're going to come in here, and this is the kind of action we're going to see. And then you had some concerns about where Duncan was focused in the administration and the directions that they want to go. Like, there's a regent, uh, Hammonds, I believe. Uh, let me check that while I'm riffing here. But uh, you've got, like, Hammonds wants to make the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center into the MD Anderson of mental, mental health. health. Yes. And, I, and I've okay. heard him say that he, personally. Okay. I've been in a board meeting with him where yeah. he has said that personally. And I think that's an admirable By the way, point. the Colonel on air right now talking about it, uh, you thought he was brave and bold and 
a patriot. It proves it right now. I'm stick, talking about stick, stick to facts. I'm just going to stick to he's facts. Been, Wilkes over Wilkes over here reading his text from Steinmetz. Goodness. Anyway, we're just giving you the inside. Locally owned, great radio radio here. But uh, so there's there's concern now. What I've heard. Like you had Michael Quinn, so we'll bear this out on a state level. You had Michael Quinn Sullivan, the sorriest SOB in the state, uh, who's the spokesman for Tim Dunn and Empowered Texans, tweet at two o'clock on Monday that uh, somebody he I believe he took the tweet down, but what he said originally was that there's been uh, uh, u- misuse of funds, um, misappropriation of that's of, right of funds. now. That's, but that's bogus. And he said, uh, you know, these universities need more oversight. Now, what's funny about that, Michael Quinn Sullivan was in Chancellor uh, Sharp, John Sharp's box for the UCL, UCLA opener last year. So tell me a little more about fanboy adulation, Michael Quinn Sullivan. I mean, it's ob- I mean who's a set? And has anybody in this room sat in a Chancellor's box? Nope. I got invited, but I didn't attend. Okay. So... The whole point I there should have is gone, that actually. whenever he laid out uh, misappropriation of funds, well, now we're talking serious. I mean, there's some serious money going around at uh, Texas Tech system. So, okay. But what I've heard that is, is this. Duncan has all these traditional donors out there, like Texas Tech and Kent Hans did prior. And... It was a matter of Duncan going to traditional donors who might have given to the Health Sciences Center or might have given to the football team or might have given to the dental school or whatever the case might be. And Duncan was getting money from them, and it chafed, it chafed the regions. That They called that a misappropriation. That No, 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 their money goes to this program or to mm, this school. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's all see. that's the only substantial now, that's not criminal in any sense. No. And of it's not. certainly not I mean, you can get bothered by it and maybe you fire a guy. I don't think you fire like a legendary legislator who knows the system inside you, and out. You would and have to fire for cause, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you'd have to fire for cause. And maybe there's something out there that says that, but that hadn't in, that certainly hadn't come public. No, it, not at all, Colonel. And that's my point. Right now, these five ought to put up credible evidence over the next 48 hours or resign. They need to put it out there because they put us in a real Yeah, but wait a minute, Jay. Slow down. What if it's just like the colonel and I were talking about earlier? What if it's just a vote of no confidence? It's not for cause. It's not cri- There's no criminal. Remember, I asked Diamonds last night, and I know you were talking to him as well, but uh, on a separate deal, but I, I said... Well, if there's criminal wrongdoing here, then 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 file charges, and then of course he didn't respond to that because there's not any criminal charges. But if it's for cause, just because we just don't have any we don't have any confidence in you going mm-hmm. forward, yeah. then, then then why no confidence? I want to know so, that reason. Well, yeah, and and isn't the, also the chancellor on a contract, right? Don't all chancellors now have contracts? And so when does his contract expire? And if that was their intent, why not wait until the contract is up and not renew the no. contract, et cetera? But it, what it does is it gives way for a lot of people to ask questions. And in the context that we're in, I mean, essentially, I'm saying 48 hours. And I'm saying that because now questions are being asked. I was told by sources, very credible sources, a name that everybody knows, but I can't give them up, that... 
Rick Perry organized and orchestrated this for John Sharp by his appointees, only one of them, Huckabee was not a, of the five, Huckabee was not appointed by Perry, but he was appointed by Perry to the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board. Right. And then right. he was named by Abbott. Right. Now, what I've, what I've learned and I'm told is that Rick Perry, the uh, Trump administration official, a cabinet secretary. Oil and gas secretary, yeah. Energy. He, Energy. He organized for John Sharp the ousting of Bob Duncan at Tech and used those five to get it done. And now, now we're talking seriously about public meddling, about, uh, I mean, you can call it what you will, but collusion I'm telling yeah it's collu it's it's Aggie collusion <laughs> sad sad but I'm telling you right now that I've I have been in conversations with Chet please <laughs> with house members Aggie collusion. Texas house members on the Texas House General Investigating and Ethics Committee they need to look into this right now you cannot have meddling Aggie collusion, Red Raider collusion, well, wait, wait, and other universities. But I, I think that uh, I think our state representative Dustin Burroughs is kind of looking towards that. Maybe uh, Senator Perry came out pretty strongly I mean, last, yesterday. Would you yeah. be fair, right? Uh, yeah, and, 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 and those guys. And then of course Jim brought up the point of the of the guys up north too, because the Amarillo Development Economic. Uh, Folks, the ADC. ADEC, they put up what 60, 60, 60, 70, yeah. million, yeah. 70 million. So, you know, what does to that get this like? thing through to completion? So, you have, so, yeah. you have like, so you this, the West Texas Delhi, I don't know where Frulo is. Uh, he's checked out. No, come is, on. Is, that's is, not fair. No, come on. That is school, no, no, where no. is Frulo? You, no, wait talk, a minute. Wait a minute. Let me make my statement. Let me make my statement. Let me make, my, let me make <laughs> my statement. Where the West Texas delegation, do you not think, comes together? And, uh, and and goes in the next round. Now, they're in the interim right now. I get that. But that's where the sausage is made, in the exactly. interim. Yep. Right? So they go down there now in the interim and start saying, whoa, hey, uh, we gotta we got to sort this out right now. So they need to get on it well, right now. I'll say, And I think they will. I'll say two things about that. One, and I commended Dustin Burroughs. He and I have a history of... No. Of, uh, say it isn't so. Not particularly enjoying one another's company. But... I commended him because, you know, whenever I learned about the Aggie angle and the Perry angle, you know, if that's true, then you've got to investigate it from from a state level. You just must. You have to. I now, think that's so. one. And I commended Dustin Burroughs for falling in with that, for going out publicly, because that's not an easy thing to do, because now you, you're up against all the maroon ties in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of a speaker's race, Yeah, and so it's just not the most convenient thing. I mean, you risk a chairmanship, you risk a lot, whenever. so I commended him for it, but to your point, Frulo made a deal with John Zerwas, who is the chair of House Appropriations, and that's what initiated the process of Texas Tech getting that vet school appropriation. Well, let him in get out on the record and say so, we're going to do that. Let him be lock arms with well, Dustin I, Burroughs and uh, go forward. No, Burroughs, right, that's fine. I, I know too. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, Jay Leeson. Right. When the House got the four million dollars out, it was a complete surprise. 
to the younger of those two. It's a state drop, I understand that. Frulo got it done. So I think that that's unfair. Now, back to the larger point. Well, maybe he'll put out an official statement today. Well, I just think that Frulo does a good job of being a citizen legislator and not being a politician 24 Come hours a day. Come on now. He needs to be involved. Runs a business. He needs to be involved. Okay. So... Back to the timeline. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because that was the question so, asked. So here we are, and I do, I mean, they need to, we are in quite a spot because we are already, you can already tell how underrepresented we are. And that's not a criticism of any of our representatives. It's just by virtue of population. Of population numbers, numbers, west numbers. of 35. That's correct. So we're already, you've got to, Bob Duncan was effect, effectively a second senator for this region in that chancellor's role and that's, that's a good point i didn't think of that but and that's, that's true. why they hire these political pros to mm -hmm. run these universities guys who he knows know he knows the system inside and out i mean not how, just the university yeah. system but the political system yeah. inside and well, out. how so. the sausage is made to your point now where are you going to find another one of those guys i mean and we're headed into the legislature and all this interim activity in the legislative budget redistricting board. everything else well that's that probably next session but the legislative budget board has already begun to meet, and that's where you begin to get your slice of the pie right now before the big yes, show starts. Yeah, 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 that's and right. And so you don't you, really, you can't put forward any evidence. Those five regents, and we're in this fix now. That's baloney. And you ought to put up credible evidence to show us why we're in this pickle now. I mean, my understanding was that Bob Duncan, with whom I've not spoken, I haven't either. I tried to. Yeah. I did too, but he wouldn't talk. Uh, which I, 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 that's not surprising. He had an apartment. My understanding, he had an apartment leased in Austin, and he was just going to sit there during the session and get it done. Unbelievable. So, and then you just oust that guy. I mean, it they, makes no sense. They, if they put forward credible evidence, I'll eat all these words. Me too, but I don't think they but will. I don't think they will either. And it's not. You're right, Colonel. Wade, you're right, that maybe it was just a vote of no confidence. Well, this smells like Mike Leach all over again because <laughs> you just, well, you know, this, that, and other. But it just, it, maybe it was a vote of no confidence, but if it was a vote of no confidence without evidence, then that board has no confidence by the general public right now. Exactly I doubt my that, point. I doubt that Duncan cussed <laughs> the region so like Mike Leach kind of cussed. Hands. Well, that, you know, that, but I'm just talking about in the days after Leach, everybody's like, "What yeah. is happening?" And yeah. you just can't run if you got. Well, it is true, Jim. Sir, it is true. I mean, you can't draw a distinction, a, 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 a clear p path between mm -hmm. what happened with Chancellor Hans and Mike Leach Mike because Mike Leach did tell yeah. well, Chancellor Hans to go jump in a lake. I'm so, putting it so many words. I'm putting it mildly. Or, that was the FCC version. Yeah, yeah, FCC version. <laughs> yeah. And you can't do that to your boss. Yeah. That, but, that's okay. So, but it was still a debacle. It wasn't because it, it was. And how about it, Chancellor Smith and don't forget uh, Bob Knight? Let's know. throw a salad around. How about it? Well, look, my anyway. deal. My deal is this: that there was one line that, that we went with initially. He locked the kid in the closet, and then it was like you can't cuss at your boss. And you're like, what was it? <laughs> yeah. And so we're when, in that same sort of situation right now, where these guys are put up to lead. And if you're going to lead and fire. One of the most storied legislators in Texas history, Maybe. then you damn well 
better have evidence for doing it, or you're just going to lose the general public altogether. And again, I get back to is pre expected to preserve institutional independence. That's rule number one of the governing boards under the Texas Higher Education Code. Well, well, right? Let's go so. back to what Bobby Cannon said earlier. And, and yes, I've, I've known Chancellor since he's a little bit of a lawyer here in town, known all his life, basically. But like Bobby said, why doesn't he stand up and fight this then? What's what you can, what's think about my that whenever I was told I was you know those three that I went with that told me the news whenever we broke it on Monday night was that the conversations that I asked I inquired about the conversation did he talk about what happened he did not want to get into it and what they said and this is just what makes you just kind of choke up Duncan said I'll to them I will always be loyal to Tech I love Tech. And I'm, I'm just going to lay low. We're going to figure out the contract. We're going to figure out the settlement. And I'm just going to go for it. That sounds like him. Yeah. It sounds just gentleman. like him. Gentleman. Gentleman. To the end. Uh, but, absolutely. But, but a politician who's been elected multiple times out but of this region. Knows. And he knows this public. That's right. He, he's got a pulse on this public. And I think... He and these out-of-touch regents that live off in Timbuktu, yeah. they have no blinking clue. My point is that... Whenever Duncan, whenever that went down, can you just imagine all the scenarios going through his head? And he knew that dummies like you and I and all of us, it'll take them 48 hours for there's public outcry. I think they knew that. Yeah. And that's I, what's happening. Yeah. Well, I he mean, didn't have to say anything. As well, well, it's all over the place. I mean, we, we broke it here first, basically, in the media, but then it then the TV has picked up on it now. We're, we've been talking about it. Jim and I talked about it uh, the, the day after, wasn't it? Well, I called uh, you. You were you, yeah. in Midland. Well, so did Jay, but I was in a meeting down in Midland, yeah. and, and when – so Jay it. called and before he went on the air, and I was in a meeting in Midland, and then I got out of the Midland meeting, and he then, he, then you called me. Mm -hmm. Then I talked to Jay again. Then I talked to Senator Perry later that evening and kind of got his thoughts on this whole deal. And it just – I mean, it is really – it really stinks. And, well, again – when I heard it, my, I just my, – I just – choked up my stomach got sick it's sick really stomach, it's really sick i mean how do you take and like i said in the first hour colonel and jay and jim how, how do you take how do you say a vote of no confidence so let's say that's what it is even though steinmetz is telling me last night that's not what no, happened no vote that's what he says no he said ask duncan that, well you did say <laughs> that's the tagline here at am 580 now to ask duncan no okay duncan no well and he's there for another week or whatever um, to August 31st. But August 31st. Guess what? Yeah. Duncan's not accountable at this point. It's the regions who are accountable. That's right. Yeah. No, I know. Don't give me call Duncan. I know. That is total, complete it's garbage. You have to talk It is. Off. It is garbage. I get that. And it's dodging. It's trying to pass the buck, and I don't want to answer questions, blah, blah, blah. I've seen it a million times. However, all that said, let's just say hypothetically that it was a vote of no confidence. The vote actually happened. Mm -hmm. uh, one region says it did not. But let's say it did. Then again, you go back to, okay, a, a no confidence in what no. a, 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 yeah. what arena? I mean, here's a guy, a Chancellor Duncan, again, who takes the endowment, triples the money, student enrollment at all-time highs, and does all these great – gets a vet – gets funding – through a vet school, working with the West Texas Dental delegation, school, you know, yeah. Yeah, medical school. No, no, no. I mean, ushering in uh, more s satellite opportunities, and then you say you, being the regents, oh, vote of no, no. confidence. What's he done? Does that make any damn no. sense None to anybody? It doesn't you know, make any sense to me. I, 
I've known how hard Sharp has been working. Now, you talk about another political master, John Sharp, Chancellor of Texas A&M. A 40-year political pro. He knows the system, and he's a Democrat who's in great standing with statewide Republicans. Okay, Now, I wrote back, I can't remember when this was, a month or two ago? Last month. In the Dallas Morning News, I wrote an op-ed just telling the chronology of how Duncan had outworked Sharp on this. And it's just Duncan initiating and Sharp responding, and just over and over again. And Sharp really looked in over his head. And I think he came to a point where he decided he was in over his head on the deal. Do you regret that, though? Maybe no, stirring the no, stick? No, I don't. Come on, Jay. No, I don't. You, you know, don't? I've, I've heard people criticize me. People's names who I won't drop right now criticize me, say that this was my doing. Because Sharp did immediately. The op- the opinions editor called me the next morning. No, it was the morning that it ran, but uh, it was already online. John Sharp had called, and he wants to respond. And he did respond two days later in the Dallas Morning News. And he ended it with typical John Sharp. Golly, if uh, I can't I can't quote it exactly, but golly, if if we are uh, if Texas Tech and Texas A&M are rivals, nobody told us. Just a total it's like Southwest Conference dig. Yep. Just typical. And I, yeah, I, I would have a lot of respect. They got out of the Big 12, though, yeah. didn't, they? Didn't, they, didn't they leave us? Yeah, they left the Big 12. Yeah, that's what I'm but they yeah. still rule us. Uh, yes. Apparently, as and of now. I, and I was talking to a guy in Austin yesterday who knows all this stuff, is super well-connected, and he told me that John Sharp, this is what he told me, and I trust this guy. John Sharp truly believes that Texas Tech will be brought into the Texas A&M system <laughs> in his tenure at Texas A&M. Hmm. So, that doesn't surprise me. Hey, it happened to me, Jay Leeson, in 1992. <laughs> West did. Texas State University yeah. goes A&M system. And then subsumed so, so by the big system. I got so. I got absorbed, right? Well, uh, at least so. then we'd get access to the puff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now, now that's some Lubbock thinking right now. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Man, we Money talks and we walk on. I will say, like, back to what I was pointing out in the Dallas Good Morning News. There. I didn't want to be salacious towards Chancellor Sharp, but... Yeah, you did. Wow. No, no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't take go. personal digs, but I will say this. Wow. Since 1992, you talk to people in Canyon, they have never seen the kind of money that A&M suddenly poured in to that university and, I, and, and they call him a Disneyland dad they say he's a Disneyland dad because he needs something now so now he's pouring in a hundred million or whatever it is well uh, and and guess who predicted that one I did I predicted that months ago when the first announcement of this vet school when Chancellor Duncan held the press conference talking about the vet deal it was maybe a day two later on the morning show I came out and said, you know what's going to happen here, folks? West Texas A&M is going to be in play now. You remember this, Jay, because you called me on it. And you said, oh, well, wait, I don't know. So I'm telling you that that's going to be in play. And it is. And so the spinoff is, kudos to West Texas A&M <laughs> University for getting a small animal deal. And I've never criticized and I've WT never criticized. No, deal. of course There's not. nothing wrong with that. But you're right. They started the going, well, we're, if, no. if, the, if, the, if the question is a veterinary school in West Texas, Mm-hmm. A&M is going to provide it sure at West Texas A&M University. They're going to do it, and they have done it. No. 
But it would be good on them. It's not good on them, right? But it's not large animals. It's not what we're talking. You've never heard us come out say anything about it. And it's no. Tech doesn't care about that. But it's just like I opened that column in the Dallas Morning News. One of those new buildings at WT and Canyon ought to be named after Bob Duncan. (laughs) <laughs> because Bob Duncan initiated the, the, I can tell you guys didn't read the column. Thanks. But really, those buildings, no, something know. needs to be named after Bob Duncan on that campus. At West yeah. Texas A&M? The kind of reactionary yeah. stuff that mm-hmm. A&M's been. And, you know, he went through and gave his own chronology, Chancellor Sharp did. But there's no doubt about it. When As soon as Bob was a year and a half in, Chancellor Duncan, a year and a half in, his first big move was to fly up to Amarillo and make that announcement mm-hmm. that we're going to build a and and Seliger and Sharp or sorry Seliger Kill Seliger out of Amarillo State Center out of Amarillo and Duncan have tried for years to work with A and M to do a partnership right like mm-hmm. like we don't have to just do our own thing but that got exhausted over time and then they went to sharp for the last time in duncan's last year in the legislature and said let's do something together no it was i think it's 2015 let's let's do this we can do something very effective for the state we can do it in a Put partnership and that's when I'm told Sharp went into radio silence on the deal. And that's when well, Bob moved. We already moved. had that connection with A&M anyway in Aginal Tech and A&M. We worked close. It yeah. would have been a natural. It, they should have put a large. They should have put a large vet. A&M should have done it at West Texas A&M. Done it. It's up there, Amarillo Canyon. Bang. But they right. slept. They were asleep at the switch. They didn't yeah. care. And Tech said, "Well, okay, Chancellor Duncan." If you don't, and and, probably, and the regents at the time, let's not forget, mm-hmm. you know, they were behind this too, right? I mean, at first, oh, no, they've, yeah. they've always been as a as a group reluctant because it put in the reluctant because they didn't say uh, no, sure. they well, did not say right. no. They begrudgingly, and there well, apparently was another enough. vote on the vet school, and they voted in favor to continue to pursue it. And I'm heard, I hear begrudgingly, but to the point. This is not an easy situation for the delegation <clears throat> or for people on the inside because you remember, Dun- so Duncan announces in 2015, December 2015, we're going to do a vet school. And then December 2016, heading into the legislature, what happens? The vet school's on pause. Mm-hmm. And I'm told that Greg Abbott, Governor Abbott, got the regents together and said, listen, you're going to get a dental school in El Paso, which they'd already raised some hundred million dollars for, or you're going to get a vet school, and you better make a decision. And he knew that they would cave on the vet school because they hadn't raised the money, they hadn't gotten that AEDC money, yeah, right? Yeah. And they were going to have to go, and they knew that they were going to have to compete with Sharp. Sharp was going to come in and poach like Cavanus and these other beef industry places and say, "Hey, we're doing this stuff at WT, and you better daggum well." give us money the same money you're giving tech for that vet school so you got kind of this poaching situation going on very very difficult he knew that they would cater on it but then then he tells them and i i believe this is absolutely true he told them and whatever you decide you will take a consensus vote and you will make it public and so they put up a consensus vote no votes Again, it was all a vote to stop, hit pause on the vet school. Mm -hmm. And there was not one in dissent, and Abbott got what he wanted. And then you get some Bob Duncan mastery, 
and Bob Duncan working with House Speaker Joe Strauss, and Strauss has already set off on on Sharp for whatever reason. Michael Quinn Sullivan's in the booth at the football game, and that's like <coughs> Strauss's number one enemy. Both of them are number one enemies for one another, and that just set them uh, that off. sealed the deal. Yeah, it did. And so Strauss was like, you know, to hell with it. Let's go get the money. We can't because. We can't give you. I think that Seliger went in initially at 17 million mm-hmm. with Drew Darby. They were going to go in for 17 million. Drew Darby, state representative down in San Angelo, who's who's runs. I mean, he might as well just wear a red and black tie. He graduated from UT, and Bob Duncan effectively has a cot in Drew Darby's office because Darby pulls a lot of weight for this region right. there in the house. But they managed to get in at the legislative bu- budget board, and then as a session played out, it was only $4 million. That's not a lot of money whenever you're talking about state money and state budget, but it was effectively a green light. Yep. That we're going to apply. So that we're going to appropriate. You had Seliger pushing all that time, and then Charles Perry, to his credit, helping get it done on the Senate side with Seliger, and then everybody was like, holy, I remember doing the show that day, and just like, I can't. We had Kent Hans on, like, wow, it got done, and it didn't get line item vetoed by the governor. It was there. The same governor who months ago had said, "I want a consensus vote against it," I let it go through. Yeah, but Abbott let it go through. Yeah, yeah, wow. But that's just the ins and outs and how complicated. Well, we're going to have more on this, of course, in the in the near term, and of course, we'll continue to talk about it. But it's, you know, up to date now. Here's where we're at. I we'll, think you'll so we'll be see. back. My prediction. Bob Duncan comes back. Do you think? What do well, you? I don't know. Mm. I, you know, I, I'm I'm going to say if it was a vote of no confidence, I'm going to say he's a man of character that says, "Why would I want to work for a board that has no confidence?" Now he will come back if things get escalated and we see uh, a bunch of new appointments. Hey, so that's the audio from this morning. Wanted you to hear me, your J West Texas Leeson, and all candor. Talking about this issue, what I will say, we're going to go to a quick break and close out the program. I have talked to people since that recording this morning, and I posted as much on Twitter last night that Bob Duncan would come back. I have since talked with multiple people who say, and it's a variance between there's no way Bob Duncan would take that job again if offered, to there's no way in hell that Bob Duncan would take that job if offered again. And I would certainly understand that given the way that the current job is composed and uh, with the regents with whom he would be composed. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. We are breaking down all sorts of relationships between the five and outside parties. We're going to bring that to you here. It just... It just takes some time to put that all together. But we are doing due, due diligence, and we're going to figure out how we got to that five. My understanding is that Bob Duncan rolled into that meeting, and he thought he had five. He had a Judas who who crossed him at the last minute. That's the only way I can say it. And... Um, that's how it went down, five to four against Bob Duncan. But uh, again, more updates to come. And 
again, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier. We're going to we're going to blast this from the other side of Texas. Stick right with us here on AM 580. Love it. Howdy, Jay. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at FlintHat.com. Hey, uh, closing out uh, this edition of Other Side of Texas brought to you by this segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate call 806-744-7666 lubbockfileroom.com 806-744-7666 gotten a lot of listener reaction and I will tell you that we're going to refrain from promoting a service that shreds documents during Ragergate um, from here on. I, I think it's just appropriate and I don't... Yeah, it's just not... Yeah, just... These are great guys who do... Again, I, I sent them 90 pounds worth of junk mail. They got rid of it for like $25. So... Uh, nothing at all to do with Ragergate. Uh, this is what I want to tell you, is that tomorrow on this program, Bob Moore has written a great piece in the Texas Monthly about the Black Klansman. You see that movie everywhere right now. He's going to give you background on this program, a great interview with Bob Moore to come up. And then the other half of the show tomorrow is going to be... so. Let me just provide some context. Somebody who quietly, like in a Duncan form, a Bob Duncan form, carries a lot of weight in the Texas House is John Frulo uh, out of Lubbock. And Frulo is, I should call him Chairman Frulo, is very well respected around the state. And John Frulo is going to take some time tomorrow. We're going to have an extended conversation about the resignation of Bob Duncan ask him what it means what it means for him trying to look out for Texas Tech's interest and uh, what it means going forward you're going to hear a lot from John Frulo tomorrow state representative House District 84 from John Frulo on these airwaves tomorrow but for now I gotta get home gonna get home the kids first day at school today uh, gonna get home and hear about their day at school and a above average dinner and great family waiting for me. You got news and notes that I need to know about? Jay at OthersideOfTexas.com. That's how you can reach me. Jay at OthersideOfTexas.com. 
Mrs. Leeson is calling right now. So I'm going to jump off these airwaves. And I thank you for tuning in. The podcast is free. Go tell your friends. Hey, just subscribe to the podcast. That's all you got to do there. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being such a great audience. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the other side of Texas. Emily Jones for ABC.